Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 577. We're celebrating five years. We're reflecting on those five years, and we're talking about what's coming down the pipeline for the future. Get ready for it. Behind every great restaurant is a great person. And if you want to have a great restaurant, don't focus on making your restaurant great. Focus on making yourself great, and your restaurant will be a reflection of who you are. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Everybody loves payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to gusto.com slash unstoppable and when you run your first payroll you'll get your first three months free again that's gusto.com slash unstoppable here is a statistic for you 89 percent of all guests will research a restaurant online before dining out so you've got to start thinking about how you can extend your in-house hospitality and attention to detail to the online world Bento Box is a great place to start. They will develop a restaurant website that not only leaves lasting impressions with your guests, but also provides hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online and guests into your restaurant. Sign up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it. I'm sure you've heard of Revel, but have you heard of the Revel Advantage? It is the payment processing solution that seamlessly integrates into your Revel point of sale and platform to create a complete system tailored to your business needs. Revel manages both your POS and your payments with integrated software, hardware, and credit card processing to save you time and money so you can focus on your business. Learn more at revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's host. Uh, he is the founder of Next Restaurants, a site that keeps restaurateurs updated on the latest marketing tech and tools. Also, he hosts the Freelance to Founder podcast, where he shares the stories of freelancers and solopreneurs. Brandon Hull. Brandon, my man, how you doing today? And I got to ask, are you feeling unstoppable? I'm feeling utterly unstoppable. <laughs> yes, that's what we like to hear. So some more exciting news. Brandon, uh, somebody who's been a kind of, I'm sure some of this will probably come out uh, in today's conversation, but Brandon's been on the scene here at Restaurant Unstoppable, I should say behind the scenes since almost day one, uh, collaborating on content together, just him mentoring me, uh, helping me, guiding me. Uh, just having weird, awkward, long conversations randomly. Uh, but he's been a huge supporter of Restaurant Unstoppable. And I couldn't be more honored and excited to say that he is in 2019 serving as Restaurant Unstoppable's DOO in CMO. And I couldn't be more uh, excited to have anybody else on my team, Brandon. I, I mean, how do you feel about it? I feel really good. I'm a little uh, disappointed that I was not able to negotiate you adding a PhD 
at the end of that oh. uh, long train of digits. <laughs> well, this is a really interesting conversation today. Um, so basically, I, I introduced Brandon as the host of today's show because he's flipping the table on me. And I should probably shut up now and let you take the reins to kind of do your thing. So be gentle. And it's your show now. Take it. Well, wait a minute. This is not a restaurant unstoppable episode without someone giving a success quote oh. or mantra. So in this case, <laughs> I'm turning it back on you, Eric. Can do you, do you have one? Do you yes. have a success quote or mantra you can share? I do. I have a mantra. It's something that comes up often. It's a it's an organic restaurant unstoppable mantra, and that is behind every great restaurant is a great person. And if you want to have a great restaurant, don't focus on making your restaurant great. Focus on making yourself great and your restaurant will be a reflection of who you are. That's that's beautiful. That's actually touching. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's true, man. I think it's it's so true. And uh, it's it's it, it's a it's a mantra that comes from all the conversations I've had from so many successful people. And one similarity that I've that all my guests have is that they're really great people. And you can't do this job alone. You you need a team, and uh, you need people behind you uh, to get the job done. And you're only as good as your team. And you, the people that you attract onto yourself will be a reflection of who you are. So if you want to attract onto yourself the best people, you've got to become the best person. It's really that simple and that hard. You know that have you heard the quote that says uh you you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with have you heard that I have heard that quote I steal it from time to time on the show as a matter of fact <laughs> depending on the week or the month that can be an amazing quote and you can feel like you're in pretty good shape in life and, and then depending on where you are in life or where you are any given weekend or any given moment you might feel like oh that's a little alarming right now well there's so much truth to that quote of you are the average of the five people you, you surround yourself with and i think it comes down to relativity uh you, you are going to you're going to compare yourself to the people that you're most close to so if you're uh hanging around with a bunch of schmucks who aren't doing anything with their life and you're better than all of them you're going to think that you're like you know the shit but if you're hanging out with a bunch of ambitious go-getters that are just crushing life and you feel like you're less than then you're going to you know, you're going to do what you can to be among your peers. Uh, so it's such a valuable, like little life hack. And it, 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 it is. is so true. It is. And it hopefully causes you to, to think carefully about who you spend the most time with. It doesn't mean who you spend, who you're friends with. It just means who, who has your ear, you know, who whispers in your ear either accidentally or on purpose and uh, either challenges you to rise to the occasion or tap into your potential more or, or the opposite, right. Or be mm -hmm. cynical and, uh, dissatisfied with everything you encounter in life, I guess, right? For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So, well, so you said you're turning the tables in this one. That means you're on the hot seat for the next 40 minutes or so. Is that right? Yes, sir. Be gentle. How do you feel about this? First of all, I'm a little nervous, man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, complete transparency. Brandon and I tried doing this once already and, <laughs> and, uh, we, I don't we know. We flushed it down the toilet. Uh, yeah. We're like, I don't know how I feel about that. So, um, I had a couple drinks and now I feel like we can do this and I'm, I'm feeling better than the first time around. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest about that. Well, so here's the thing. And, and for your listeners, your multi thousands of listeners, I felt like there's something important to do today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like there, where the show's at today versus where it was when I first knew you back in episode, I don't know, the teens, um, you've come a long way. People don't know your story. And so I did want to, uh, out of the gates, at least let give you the chance to kind of share your story just a little bit, like where the idea for Restaurant Unstoppable first came from. Um, do you remember like where you were and what you were doing when the thought came? I need to do this. I need yeah. to do this for the restaurant industry 
and I am the best person to do it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I would say if I had to guess, it was probably four months into listening to podcasts. I was working as the assistant winemaker at Jewelltown Vineyards in Southampton, New Hampshire. And I spent a lot of time in the basement, as you can imagine, as an assistant winemaker or the seller, I should say, just cleaning out tanks and uh, transitioning tanks and just being an assistant winemaker, a lot of alone time. So I started just diving into, I was listening to probably six or eight hours, probably more like 12 to 16 hours of podcasts a day because I would listen to them at times too, which is something you, I recommend all of you guys doing. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, if you're listening to this podcast and, um, I just started diving into content uh, surrounding, like we were talking about earlier in today's conversation, surrounding myself with incredible, successful people via podcast. And I think, you know, you become the average of the people that you listen to too. I think that's a, there's some truth to that, but I was just listening to all these incredible entrepreneurs sharing how they uh, became successful at life and business. And uh, I was really just in search for a podcast similar for the restaurant industry. And, and I would probably check once a month to see if somebody had created it. And then one day I kind of had the aha moment that I need to create my, I need to, I need to create this for the restaurant industry. Like there are, there has got to be other people like me who want to be surrounded with other successful restaurateurs, sharing their knowledge, sharing their wisdom and, I mean, it's just the, as easy as asking the questions. I can do that. So that was kind of like when I got, had the idea. Yep. So you had other entrepreneurs doing other podcasts who sort of served as inspiration for you. Were there people in the restaurant industry that you felt like, I want to talk to them or no, I need to talk to this person at some point in time that were even fueling your desire to provide this sort of, I don't know, this sort of offering, content offering or whatever you want to call it to the restaurant industry? Uh, when I first started, I had a really high, uh, <laughs> really high goal or I don't know, aiming points. I was, I was going after people like Danny Meyer, uh, Thomas Keller, uh, basically the top of the top, like people that would, wouldn't give somebody who was just starting a podcast for the first time, any time of day. And I, it really helped kind of put things into perspective. And then after kind of readjusting and realizing that it might not be so easy to do three episodes a week with like these rock star restaurateurs that are celebrity status, maybe I should have started locally. And that's kind of what I did. I just would go and not knock on doors within uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And that's where I started Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which really kind of has a great uh, little culinary scene going on there. A lot of James Beard nods in that community. So it was kind of a great place to, to prime the engine. Yeah. So were you worried though, since this thing didn't exist through your exhaustive searching, did you, did you, were you worried at some point in time that like restaurateurs like wouldn't even give you the time of day, wouldn't even be interviewed by you, let alone so, become listeners. Yeah. So that was my biggest fear probably getting started uh, because it was my mentality that people in this industry who are successful got there by holding their knowledge close to their chest and because it's such a competitive market. And I kind of thought that maybe, I, I don't know if I was imagining that stigma, but it, it was definitely present within my own mind. And I was, it was something that I was concerned about approaching restaurant tours. Like why would they give me the time of day? And why would they share all their industry secrets with me and with the rest of the world? Um, that was definitely a huge concern of mine. Has that been proven false? Yes. Like you, have you learned that that's not really true? Absolutely. Um, it's honestly like the complete opposite. The most successful people in this industry are successful because they are so willing to share their knowledge and to pay it forward to the next generation. And it's because they are so willing to give that knowledge away that they've been able to lift up the people that they've surrounded themselves with sharing their knowledge, also surrounding themselves with people that are even better than them. But that's kind of probably another variable, but it, it that mentality of 
keeping your secrets close to your chest um, is kind of a falsity. Um, something that I just don't believe is, I mean, some people probably do it, but they won't be successful for long. That's for sure. So you're, you're a podcaster and you had, you were going through culinary school at one point in time, no longer doing that. I think you were a pilot at one point in time as well. You sunk a ton of money into becoming a pilot. Um, what are some of the parallels that you learned like early on, forget the ones now, but when you first got started five years ago, um, what are some of the things you noticed are similar about learning how to do what you do and what people uh, have to learn to do and what you learned when you talk to restaurateurs that they were learning about starting their first restaurant? Um, so I never went to culinary school. I just want to make that clear. I uh, went to uh, I went to college for become a commercial hospitality pilot. training. Yeah, then I went back to school for hospitality management and marketing. My bad. Yeah, yeah, at school. Um, so w- paraphrase the question for me real quick. I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> so what are some of like parallels. So a lot of people probably are not familiar with all behind the scenes, the work that goes into becoming Par- a master with the, of podcasting like you. What like are the parallels for aviation? somebody starting a restaurant? Parallels in the aviation industry or parallels within podcasting and starting a restaurant? Within, well, the, par- the aviation industry is a whole other world. That's a pretty interesting one. I, I would actually say there's one, a ton of more parallels. Podcasting, the, since that's what you do. Uh, there are a ton par- <laughs> of parallels in, in aviation too, I would have to say. Mostly just closed loop communication uh, and you know, I think a lot of people when I think of the the first officer and the captain, the the captain's the boss and the first officer does whatever the captain says. But in reality, in a healthy cockpit, the first officer is supposed to challenge the captain and to speak up and to make sure that the situational awareness is accurate. And I think the same can be said about the restaurant industry where you as the owner, as the executive chef or the general manager or the director of operations or a.k.a. the captain need to create that culture within your restaurant that, Hey, this is a two way street. If you see me doing something stupid, like we've, we've committed to our core values. We've committed to our mission. We've committed to our vision. We've committed to our standard operating procedures. If you see me deviating from anything that we have agreed to be the way to do it, then let me know. Tell me when I'm, you know, challenge me. And I think that that is one parallel that I picked up uh, among successful restaurateurs and pilots. Uh, But regarding um, my business, and how if there's any parallels with my business and uh, a restaurant? I mean, business is business at the end of the day. Uh, so there's a ton of parallels. I don't even know where to start there. <laughs> well, I'll give you a way to start, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you you talk a lot about I think it's people, processes, and procedures. Yeah. Right. Yep. So uh, I think that's a principle that stands out to me. To me, as a listener of Restaurant Unstoppable, that's a principle that stands out to me that the best restaurants have these elements nailed down. Yeah. How does that, how have you learned that lesson and applied that to your business? I'm curious. Um, I think the biggest lesson I've learned, it's tough as one person. Um, I'm no longer one person. I'm getting help from you and Ben and I've had help from other folks in the past. Uh, but as I start to grow restaurant stoppable and it becomes more than myself, um, it, it, there is a little bit of, a a challenge right now that I'm actually kind of experiencing going from a one man, a one man operation to mm-hmm. having three or four people that are going to need my guidance. I need to start recreating myself with systems and processes. So all the things that I do day to day to get through a day, like I need to make a list and start saying, okay, like here's how I do this thing. And now it's your job to do it, but you have to create that process before you can delegate it. And I'm actually, um, I'm going through that right now. I don't know if that, how that trans most people don't open a restaurant by themselves unless it's like a food cart or <laughs> like a stand. So uh, that, that process of uh, creating the systems before they're needed is something that I'm kind of dealing with right now. 
No, but don't you think that's that some restaurateurs, um, maybe especially those who were chefs previously, have an inclination or a, like a predisposition to do certain things themselves because they feel like Nobody they're the best better. person yeah. to do it rather than delegate it? Yeah. Um, and or think, trust somebody else to do it for them because it's their name, you know, on the restaurant or something. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it, it, there's so many ways to be successful in this industry, and I'm not the, like you can be successful in this industry and be the person that does everything. That that is possible. You might not be the happiest person in the world. It, it might not be sustainable. You might not be able to yeah. do that into your 40s and 50s and 60s. Um, so the the I mean, yes, I see what you're saying. Uh, there are some people that have the mentality of get just move, get out of the way, let me do it. If you want the job done right, you got to do it yourself. But that is a testament of your incom like that is just shows how incompetent you are. Uh, if you really want to create a business that survives without you, you need to that that's a matter of you going through the motions of making sure that happens of of creating the systems, processes, procedures, protocols, um, and also the the core values, the the, the mission, uh, and communicating the why, the purpose, and keeping that two way communication open, and, and making sure and hiring people, surrounding yourself with people that have the same values, that have the same uh, aspirations, and so you can all pull in the same direction. I don't know yeah. how the heck I got down this road. Am I still answering your question, or am I just going crazy? You right are, now? you are, but I'm going to take us <laughs> a whole different direction because I kind of feel like you know you're. Listeners are so used to hearing great restaurant content in your episodes, and I want to make sure that they have they they get their money's worth, so to speak, for this episode. Even though you are on the hot seat as the guest and are being put through the paces, so 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 here's the thing: you 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 are deep into the five hundreds on the number of episodes, which is astounding. This to is five seventy seven. Five seventy seven. Yeah. Are there? <laughs> Are there are there are there certain interviews that have stood out to you through the years as far as the people that were on or the lessons that those people shared that and I'm putting you on the spot for this question I know but are there some interviews that have like really been flagship interviews for you There are definitely some interviews that stand out more than others if I were to go through the archive and like just go down a list of 577 episodes I would definitely recognize names that resonated most or more with me there's one go to that I always share um and uh, it was Mario, not Mario. Um, it was uh, the best restaurant group, uh, Octavio Mantilla, uh, who you probably never heard of before. Uh, but you, I'm sure you've all heard of best restaurant groups or John Besh, who recently had some issues with uh, bad publicity. But anyway, before that, like he was uh, a rock star. Uh, like everybody, like, he was he was like the restaurateur in Louisiana. Um, but his director of operations, that's uh, Octavio Mantilla. And there was a quote from Octavio during that conversation that was, uh, and I don't know if this is exact, but more or less paraphrased, uh, you can accomplish anything in life so long as you don't mind who gets the credit. Uh, I think that was just a huge quote um, that really resonated with me because a restaurant tour's job isn't about showboating and getting all the credit and taking all the the glory. It's about sharing it. It's about creating opportunities for other people. It's about uh, making it about everyone else but yourself and being okay to be in the background. Um, I mean, likely if you're that much of a rock star restaurant tour, you'll get some media, some press. But the, the point being is it, you have to act like you're you're doing it for every other reason other than the press, the attention, the acknowledgement. So that, that episode is stands out to you, but um, 
you've conducted so many of them. It is kind of hard to put you on the spot to remember this one or that person or this restaurant owner and their backstory and so forth. So, I, I, so let me reframe that a little bit. And again, I'm thinking of the, and I'm, I'm trying to sit here as a, as a listener and I'm pretending that I'm a restaurant owner. So as, as you, as you have gone into all of these interviews in the past, talking to some lesser known restaurant owners, as well as some even celebrity restaurant owners, and you've gone into them maybe with a little bit of understanding of their background, but maybe not so much understanding of their story, their personal story. What are some of the, I don't want to call them myths, but preconceptions, preconceived notions, ideas that you had about how a restaurant is built, grown, staffed, run, uh, all of those sorts of things that had to be dispelled over time. They had to be kind of um, lost along the way that you had to cast off like uh, hypothesis or ideas and so forth about h- how to be the best restaurant owner you can be. What are some of the ideas that have emerged to you or ideas or trends that have emerged to you as you've talked to the successful people out there? Yeah, I know one of our missions for today's conversation was to try to kind of talk about what I've learned over the past years, uh, the past five years previous to this year. Um, And I think this is probably a good time to dive into those big lessons and how I've evolved as a student of the industry over the past five years, excluding this year. And we're going to dive into that. But first, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. So Revel Systems is a complete POS built to help grow your expanding business. I stand by Revel, and I can tell you why it's so great, but I'd rather get my man Colton Schultz, who's with Grain Junction Subs in the Craft Cave, to tell you why he loves Revel. We have been working with Revel for several years, who has partnered with us to streamline our operations. We have implemented delivery management, employee management, sales reporting, kitchen display screens, and so much more. We also utilize mobile order takers and kitchen display systems that are extremely customizable. Nice. So if there's just one thing that you love the most about Revel Systems, what would it be? It's definitely their vast reporting abilities on the back end. We utilize a lot of the reports such as speed of service, taxes, sales reports, labor reports. It's all there to help you run your business. Beautiful. Guys, and if you're listening to this, Revel works with businesses that are looking to implement cutting-edge technology that helps increase revenue, improve efficiencies, and enhance experience of their employees and their customers. To learn more, head over to revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. All right, we're back, and we're just about to dive into some of the big lessons I've learned over the past five years. The the big what I originally thought was, oh, like this this industry uh, success in this industry is all about systems, processes, procedures, protocols, and recreating yourself in these things so you can duplicate and be in multiple places at once. And that was a kind of like my first aha, like having a complete clean slate, not really knowing exactly what it took to be successful in this industry. And then after that, as I started uh, talking to more and more people, I started realizing, well, you know, this thing called culture is a really big variable too. Um, Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about your people and it's about your relationships with your people. And if you start scaling uh, and you start having less transformative relationships and more transactional relationships with the people you're surrounding yourself with before long, whatever made that first few restaurants special starts to get diluted with every restaurant you open thereafter. Uh, so you need to really uh, slow it down and into uh, not just make it about how cheap, how quick can I get this done? But what, what kind of impact can I make in the lives of the people I touch? How can but I, I, but I suspect you had that, feeling inside of you just because of your your personality i suspect you had that kind of hunch already wouldn't you say you had that hunch that yeah. it really when it's all said and done it comes about i think that was in me I, I think it was in me i don't think i had the words to put to it yet i didn't know how to to communicate my feelings at that point 
Yeah. Did it surprise you that 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 lesson emerged from restaurant owners though? Did you, did you go into sort of your interviews with restaurant owners thinking that you're going to hear a lot of really practical tips about what it takes to succeed? Um, I honestly had no idea what to expect. Um, yeah. To be completely frank, like listening to all like the successful uh, entrepreneurs that I was listening to prior to starting the podcast to then th- diving in and speaking to successful restaurateurs, I was honestly kind of surprised at how uh, comparably um, some of the, the restaurateurs c- stacked up against these other entrepreneurs, um, to be honest. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, like, go, go get into that a little bit. What do you mean? So I I don't know if if um all the successful restaurateurs I talk to know why they're successful all the time. I think that they are great people and they do certain things. They have a clue, but I think that um they're almost ignorant to their own success. They don't really know what it is, why what's special about them. Whereas when I was listening to the interviews with the the successful entrepreneurs in like tech and uh the internet or whatever, um they had they were like extremely like precision. Like they knew exactly they had that strategy and they knew exactly why they were successful. Like, and they will give you like a step-by-step reason why they're successful. And I, I've, yeah. I've noticed that my conversations with um, these restaurateurs that I'm talking to, I mean, the restaurant industry is very much about social and emotional intelligence and really just about how you treat people. And there isn't a step-by-step uh, guide for that. It's just existing and coexisting with others. So that's one of the reasons why I think I've kind of, I kind of transitioned into the whole, well, just tell me your story. Um, mm-hmm. And in your story, there's going to be something you might not know. It's a lesson. You might not know it impacted you the way it did, but let's just try to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the time after I, I finished recording with my, my guests, like they're like, Whoa, like I, that was so convenient. Like I didn't even know that was in me. Uh, like it was really powerful to just reflect and and to poke and prod my history and to find out who I am and why I am who I am today. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if that answers your question, but well, I, I guess I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to uncover here is for for a guy who hasn't run his own restaurant. Did you have preconceived notions about what it takes? What are the first five things you need to make sure you have lined up or, you know, five years into it? What are, what are the things that will determine whether that restaurant is successful and it stands out and it's award winning and so forth? Did you have ideas about what that before what it would the take podcast that changed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had an idea that it was probably going to be similar to what I was learning um, during the interview or listening to the interviews with just entrepreneurs in general, uh, where it's a lot about having a vision and uh, creating something of value and yep. uh, solving problems and uh, not focusing on the money, but focusing on creating solutions. And mm-hmm. um, I think the same can be said or is true for the restaurant industry. And that's kind of w- one of the reasons why I had the the motivation to start the podcast, because I didn't, I, I was kind of afraid of getting started because like, who's going to listen to me? I, I don't own a restaurant. I, I mean, I grew up in the restaurant industry. My parents owned a restaurant and I worked in restaurants, but like, who am I to tell people how to run their successful restaurant? Like I, like in like the whole imposter imposter syndrome thing started kicking in where it's like, am I uh, a fraud? Uh, am I, um, I think the, the word a con man uh, I was. I think my biggest fear, even to this day, is becoming a con man. Uh, and what if you're not familiar with the, with the, the definition of a con man? It's uh, somebody who preys on the confidence that they have in you. So you you spend all this time developing trust and people with confidence in you, and then you got to say, okay, now do this. And you're going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of people do what you say, 
mm-hmm. and they're relying on their confidence that they have in you, but I've never tried it on my own. I've never proved mm-hmm. it on my own. So, so I think that's a big fear that I, I, I struggle with to this day, uh, is not, um, knowing exactly what advice to give my listeners. That being said, something I've kind of come to terms with over the past year is that there is no one way and that it's, there's so many different ways to get from point A to point B. And there's so many different ways to be successful in this industry. Really at the end of the day, what matters most is what, what are you trying to do? Like, what's your vision? What's your end in mind? Like, where do you want to end up? Picture that, that perfect world, that vision of yourself when everything's right, then work backwards. And that, that vision for yourself is going to be different for everyone. Right? So there, if you if you come across a restaurant consultant or somebody who says they have all the answers and this is the way to do it, then walk away because like there is no one way. And I, I'm I'm confident now saying that like it really just comes down to listening to each individual individual person's needs and what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Do you do you feel like that message has has come through from restaurant leaders as well, or is that something that you feel like? you have noticed about their from from, as a takeaway from their, from the interviews with them. Uh, It's something that I've noticed um, in them. And I guess that they they definitely have a clear vision of what they want. I, for sure. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like, I guess, have you noticed that, that restaurant owners have, figured this out as well, that there is not a single recipe or are they just telling you what their recipe is when you interview them? Uh, they're, they're just telling me what their recipe is. I don't think that, I mean, I think if I were to have that, that argument with them, they'd probably be like, yeah, I agree. Like we have our way of doing things because this is what our restaurant group is trying to do. And we live in our bubble and this is our world and this is what we're trying to accomplish. But even then some restaurant groups might have fast casual operations. They might have fine mm-hmm. dining operations and casual operations all underneath that umbrella. So uh, I think they all know that there isn't just one way to get the job done. Yep. Yep. What has changed over the five years of you doing interviews that about the nature of running a restaurant, like so much of the world has evolved rapidly in terms of dis- decision-making and tools at your disposal and so forth. How do you think the restaurant industry has changed during that same time or has it? I think, I mean, there's the, the industry definitely has changed. Uh, there's things that are happening. Um, that will impact the way you operate your, your business. Just for example, I had Ben Gaddis on the show and we talked about how more than 50% of all meals ordered at a restaurant are eaten at home today. So that means there's more takeout and there's more delivery. And that's a, 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 a direct, uh, connection to the fact that people are now ordering out on their phones. It's never been more convenient to order food for pickup or uh, for delivery because of things like caviar apps, online ordering telephone, like when you name it, there's a way to get food. It's as easy as like pushing a button. It's there's Mm -hmm. like so many, there's such a low amount of resistance to get food shipped to you. Uh, And because of these variables, because people are more busy today now than ever before, people don't have the time to go out. Plus there's issues with traffic. Uh, We're, we're living in a world that's increasingly becoming more and more, you know, congested. Uh, People don't want to, spend the time to commute or to, to commute to the restaurant. They rather pick it up on their way home or uh, just like to have it delivered. So th- that's just one example. 
of the the world that the the marketplace is changing. Um, employees are changing. People's standards are going up. Uh, you're seeing it right now with uh, millennials not willing to work for crappy restaurants. And a lot of the people in the restaurant industry are saying, oh, this is BS. Like nobody works as hard as they used to. And like when I was young, I would just put my head down and do what was told to me. But the truth of the matter is younger people today are more educated than you are. I'm sorry. They are like they have access to the truth. So you can't bullshit them anymore. They're going to call you out on your shit. So they can go get the answers. They have more. um, What's the word? Um, Entitlement. And a lot of people hear that, you know, entitlement as being a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we, we are entitled to certain rights. And uh, I think that the, in the, for the first time, really what you're seeing is the restaurant owner has to adapt to the employee and not the other way around because there's such a shortage of employees now. So, uh, so what does that mean for what have you, what have you, again, I want to go back to your observations from the interviews with people. What does that mean as far as how the skill sets of the next generation of restaurant owners, how, how will that evolve? I think it's just a matter of prioritizing. Um, it's no longer all about the guests. It's about your team first. Um, it's a, it's a matter of knowing that you can't do it without your team. And that if you, if you really want to be the best, not to mention there's more restaurants today per capita. I mean, the amount of restaurants there are per amount of people there are, the number has never been higher. So it's more competitive in other words. So and one thing I know for certain is that you only are as good as the people you surround yourself with it. But guess what? There's a lot of people out there jockeying for those same exact people to come work for them. So what are you going to do to attract onto yourself those incredible people? Like, and that's really where you get to start. Like, how can I get the best people on my team? And you get the best people on your team by becoming somebody with a good reputation by being somebody or by creating a business that that's not just serving food, but serving a mission that's greater. You have to start thinking on this next level of how am I going to attract onto myself people that want to work for something, uh, for something Whether more than just a paycheck. You're on a roll here. You're on a roll here. So you can you can attract the best possible people into your life, like personally, staff-wise, and it can make a huge difference. But if there's something that stood out to me across so many episodes that's a theme, it's it's I, I guess it's restaurant owners don't always have it easy. It's not restaurants aren't highly profitable businesses, and they're just as susceptible to economic downturns, and they're just as susceptible to personal issues that a restaurant owner might have. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious if do, have you over these five years now of, you know, running your own business, have you had your own moments where you felt like you just need to pack it in and call it a day? Yeah. You know, have you had moments where you felt like, you know, maybe this, maybe this isn't going to be a, a long-term thing for you. Have you had your own roller coaster moments? Yeah, absolutely. And just, just like to reinforce the statement that you made about this not being an easy roller coaster to ride for anybody who's looking to get into the restaurant industry. The reason why the people that I have spoken to are where they are is because they they made mistakes and they just continue to get up and recover from those mistakes. And every time that they recover, they, co- they recover a little bit better. Uh, so, I mean, there's things you can do to, to prepare yourself uh but ultimately, it's, it's, it's a matter of grit and coming back and learning from your, your mistakes and just that resilience is so important. But as far as my own personal, uh, uh, not necessarily shortcomings, but challenges, I guess, um, five years or almost six years now, uh, you know, five complete years going into the sixth year, 
uh, there's a lot of challenges. Um, I didn't just start this podcast. It wasn't just my full time thing out of the gate. It took me three years to get to the point where uh, this was most of what I did. And the, for the first three years, I was working 50, 60 hours a week and then doing two to three episodes a week on the side. Um, so there, it, you know, I was working 80, a hundred hour weeks sometimes not even exaggerating, but that's nothing. I'm not gloating because obviously anybody who's listening to that is like, oh, that just sounds like a normal week and I get it. So I'm like, I'm right there with you hustling to get this content. Uh, and I mean, I think the thing, the idea, and I, I love the, my boy, uh, Seth Godin, I love to quote him in his book, the dip. It's really just a matter of just, of, of continuing to show up and to, to continue to, to make little adjustments. And I, the way I look at it, every interview I do is another person that I'm connecting with another person that knows about restaurant unstoppable and that they're going to share this with at least five other people or 10 other people are going to discover this podcast because of that one other person. So if I can just keep showing up and every time I interview somebody, that's another opportunity to spread the word about this mission of inspiring, empowering and transforming the industry uh, that kept me going, um, taking the, the attention off myself, uh, putting it on my listeners was another thing that really served me when I would really question myself and wonder like, is this worth all this hard work? Is this going to pay pan out in the future? Like, you know, I'm relying on friends. I'm relying on family and I don't want to be that guy that said, no, like this is going to work. Just trust me. And then fall flat on my face and have to apologize for being such a pain in the ass to everybody. Um, like I, I, hold on. I lost my train of thought. Where, where was I going with that? Remind me, remind me, Brandon, I hope you're listening. Well, where, (laughs) well, where I was going to challenge you to continue going was how rough has it gotten over these five years? I mean, you've gotten some restaurant owners to share with you how tough it's been for them to fight through some personal struggles. And I'm honestly just curious. I want your listeners to get to know you a little bit. How tough has it been for you? Have you had moments where you've literally been within a a whisper of throwing it all away? I've had a few anxiety attacks of (laughs) worrying about just debt and school loans and, um, you know, getting the the calls from people, collectors trying to, to get what I owe them. And I have all the intention to pay back those debts. But, um, you know, one of the big lessons I've learned is that you, you, there's a certain level of, uh, a certain period of time when you're getting started where you need to be selfish. And I think I was kind of brought up and raised with integrity to, to pay off my debts and to, to, to have a good name. And, um, there's the, you know, the truth is a lot of successful people in this world got to where they were because they put themselves first for a short period of time. And not because that they, they want to live selfishly indefinitely, but because they know that they got to get to themselves to a point where their cups overflowing so they can give to others. And, um, that's kind of how I look at like the issues with my school loans. When I get stressed out about that, I'm like, no, you know what? Like who cares? Like, you know, I have horrible credit, but, uh, I'm doing this thing and I'm taking care of myself and I will pay back those school loans when I have the excess capital to do it. But right now they're just going to have to wait. And, uh, again, uh, just getting the emails from my listeners, reinforcing this hard work. I would, I'll probably, you know, at first it was like maybe an email, like once every couple of months. And then it was an email a month and then an email every week. Now I get like two, two or three emails a week from people just saying like, thank you for the work that you're doing. Like, I found your podcast and I'm this much better because of it now. And when you start getting those emails, every time I've, I've gotten close to the edge of where I'm, I'm done. I like, I, like I gave it a shot and you know, um, I get another email and then I rem- and it reminds me that I'm not here doing this work for myself. I'm here doing this work to serve other people. When, and when was the last time you felt you had that crossroads moment like that, Eric? Uh, you know, it's, they're fewer now than before. 
Uh, there's some great things that have happened recently in my life. You being one of them, Brandon, uh, not to, you know, inflate your ego too much, but getting people like you on my team who I know are going to make me better. Um, you've had a huge impact just in the short time that you've been more, uh, a part of restaurant unstoppable and leveraging these lessons, like surrounding yourself with incredible people who are better at certain things than you are. Like you're an example of that. And because of that, like I already see where this thing's headed. I see the potential in restaurant unstoppable and, I think, you know, right now is probably the first time in a long time where I, I am more confident and I hope I don't get lazy. I hope I don't lose the edge by saying this, but like I'm more conf- more confident about the future of restaurant stoppable now than I've ever been. That's good. That's exciting to hear. And I would hope that listeners who love the show, who write these emails, and by the way, I should tell people that I, I've personally seen some of these emails and they're incredible things to read. Incredible. They're, they're, it's really neat to know that somebody stopped what they were doing to send an email to a podcaster, letting them know the difference that they made in their lives. And I love those emails. Uh, but if you guys are thinking, maybe I should write Eric an email, I encourage you, instead of sending me the email, send an email blast to everybody that you know on your email list. Say, hey, check out this episode. Uh, because that will probably go a lot further than letting... I love knowing that you love the podcast. Like That, that stuff keeps me going. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for that. But spread the word. <laughs> well, uh, well said. Well said, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so question. All right. And so I want to, I want to pivot here a little bit as we into the home stretch and, and instead of talking about just takeaways uh, from interviews and parallels and things like that, I want to talk about restaurant unstoppable. Okay. So the, are, have the aims for what you hoped, what you originally hoped you could provide the restaurant industry, have the aims changed or have your goals or the offering you want to provide the industry? Has that changed over the last, let's say even just say the last year or so? Yeah, you know, um, so the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. Um, I intentionally left the ending of that mission statement vague because I I know I want to transform the industry. Um, I'm still very open minded. I, I still don't know what the what that that transformation should look like. I'm getting more confident in what I want that to look like. Uh, before, you know, I just wanted to share knowledge. Uh, and the thought was that if we have right. all so, these. So, well, I was going to ask you, like, what do you feel like is missing? Like, what, what's the what's the piece that's missing from the industry that you you're wanting to give? I think it's or the, help the culture. Um, when I think about how I want to transform the industry and not just the industry, but uh, the world. And I know that's, you know, crazy people say things like this, <laughs> but like I, I do want to ch- I do want to transform the world. I want to change the world. And I think the way that we do that, and it's not just me that's doing it. I mean, all podcasters, all people that are journalists that are going out there trying to get the truth, trying to share knowledge are doing this. But I mean, it's happening in a way that it's never been done before. I mean, you saw it first with like the the printed word. Then you saw it with the the printing press. Then you saw it with the, the telephone. Then you saw it with, you know, whatever, like whenever we can communicate better, like we as a society, as humanity grow by leaps and bounds. And, we're at another one of those point, points right now where we can share knowledge, we can share opinions, we can share influence easier than ever with podcasting. And I want to use this vehicle, use this medium to influence the rest of the industry. And I'm excited that I'm the person doing it because I really do believe that I have a good uh, core, that I have good values, that I that I have this mission of sharing knowledge and empowering the industry. And, and ultimately what I'm trying to do is just go to those who have done it and to do it just like we, we used to do it in the past with uh, apprenticeships, right? It, it's, it's our job to take what was figured out before us and to master it 
and then to compound off of that. And then our job ends when we've taken what we've learned and what we've figured out on our own and we pass it to the next generation. But because of the tools at our disposal, we can, we can do that more impactful, more, uh, efficiently than ever before. And there's so much hope that, I mean, the barrier to get into this industry is pretty high. You need to have some working capital behind you to invest some knowledge to invest. And there shouldn't be, um, I'm trying to eliminate those barriers. I'm trying to say, Hey, if you have an interest, if you have the drive, all the information's here, just hit play. Uh, It's never been easier to get the knowledge, to get the information you need to be successful. And I'm, I'm so excited for that. Well, so all that sounds great, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on that just a little bit, <laughs> a little vague, a little vague, my friend. What 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 is in a practical way? What is really missing from the industry that one person can provide? What are you hoping to unlock or facilitate? Well, it's not just one person. I want to get that straight. It's not just me. It's, well, it's I don't mean I don't. So, and that's why I say facilitate. I don't think that you're going to be the one guy who leads everybody, you know, um, with your your big staff in your hand like Moses or something. But I mean, like, what are you hoping to unlock in the industry that you still see as a a need? Uh, I think greed is a big issue in the industry. I think that um, I, I think I, just, I want to communicate how the how the human mind works and how we are hardwired to work with each other. I think that if we could figure out if we understood that, which is kind of one of the my big areas of, of interest right now, is really understanding human nature and human evolution, and not just the the physical evolution, but the communal evolution, how we have evolved over 200,000 years to need and rely on one on another. So, and but how does how does greed, especially rear its ugly head? How does it show itself in the industry? Um, I think people define success by how much money they make. And the truth of the matter is success, money is relative. And there's been, and to compound off that statement about human nature, we've proven that uh, the, the amount of money that you make, you know, it's like, it's like getting a hit of like heroin. Like you get like a hit and like you, you reach that point and then you get accustomed to that level of, of dope or whatever of money. And then you, to, to be as happy, you need to get more and you're never going to be happy. But if you learn how to just be happy with what you have and to reevaluate your priorities, not how much cash I have to, to show what my status is compared to other people, but how much I care for my other, how much I, if, if your values are providing value to others and creating opportunity for others and, and literally existing to serve everybody your business touches, you're going to create opportunities for yourself. The money is going to come. But then when that starts to happen, you ask yourself, well, how can I use this momentum that I'm generating to to help even more people? And I think that's we need to reevaluate our, our priorities. And I think that's what capitalism was meant to be. It was meant to be a way to be innovative and creative and to create opportunities for others. And money is meant to be spent. Money is meant to be shared, not hoarded. So I think that's kind of what I want to help uh, people prioritize. And when you look at, when I put this into practical terms, you look at somebody like Danny Meyer or uh, any big restaurant group, let us entertain you uh, where, where it's a multi-unit operation where they have m- multiple uh, concepts, but mostly unique concepts is they're investing. They scale, they open the next restaurant when everybody that works for them has hit a ceiling and that they lose opportunity that if they don't open another restaurant, if they don't create a new, uh, concept or invest in one of their team members concepts, that person's going to go and get the money from another restaurant tour. So the only reason why they're growing is because they, they need to grow to create the opportunity for the people they have. And that should be the only reason why you grow and expand when it helps somebody else. And in return, when you, and when you understand that you're going to help somebody else, it will come back around to serve you some way, somehow. And, 
I think that's kind of one one of the many things I want to communicate. Maybe I sound like I'm preaching like a, a mofo right now, and I apologize if that's the way it sounds, but it's what I believe. So Brendan's about to go even deeper and pull back some more layers on me, but this is a good point to take another break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention, you, you've got to compete with the big guys. But how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto. That's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash unstoppable. So this probably does not come as a surprise to you, but as you can imagine, I look at a lot of restaurant websites because I'm constantly researching my next guest, successful restaurateurs, and you'd be surprised how many of those people have bento box websites. I mean, I almost know instantly when looking at these websites because they're always so stunning and they always check every box, everything that a good restaurant website should have. These websites have them, and it's because they're going to Bento Box to get the work done. And not only will Bento Box leave a lasting impression with your guests, but Bento Box websites come with hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online. With Bento Box, you can easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events directly from your website. Bento Box puts you in control so you can focus on what matters most, your restaurant. Bring your restaurants hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. All right, we're back and uh, Brandon is trying to get me to divulge what my plan is for the future of restaurant unstoppable, how I plan on transforming the industry. How will you do that? How, how will you play your part, play a part in doing that? How, how will that what would you do? So I think that if we make it more competitive, if we share the knowledge, um, the independent sector is going to rise. There's no way the big, because at the end of the day, when you really look at it, it comes down to relationships. It comes down to culture. Well, it comes down to culture and at the core of culture is relationships. And I full heartedly believe that big corporations and franchises cannot compete with the independent when it comes down to relationships. And we're moving in that direction where relationship is more important than anything else, especially because of the shortage of employees. Um, the, the restaurants that are going to survive are going to be the restaurants that have the most significant relationships with their people, their guests and their employees. Um, so I guess to kind of come full circle, I'll do my best here to come full circle. Um, you're going to have the best relationships when you care the most about your people. And how do you care? How do you show people you care about them when you make it all about them? Right. And, but you have to remember when you do sacrifice, you put yourself second and you put everyone else first. If you do it well enough and you balance that well enough, the natural order is that they will take care of you. You will be okay. Uh, and ultimately, if everybody has that mentality, if we're all sharing knowledge, we're all taking care of each other, uh, you're going to have a very, I, I think, uh, a 
the, the thing that's closest to nature as possible, a very balanced uh, uh, ecosystem, a very balanced uh, operation, or not just like within your community, but across all boards. Uh, Eric, have you seen, have you seen um, Field of Dreams? I have. I was probably five. Let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> Our age difference. So if you remember the movie, there's a scene when Kevin Costner's character has taken James Earl Jones's character to a game at Boston at Fenway Park, a baseball game. Do you remember this scene? Uh, I remember the scene where there's a a lot of grass and. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let me let me tell you, because some of some of your listeners will know this movie. And there's the scene where Kevin Costner's character asks James Earl Jones, like, what do you want? Um, and James Earl Jones interprets it as a very, uh, I don't know, uh, very theoretical um, or hypothetical question about like, what does he want out of life or something like that? And he, he's getting philosophical about his answer. He's like, I want people to stop bothering me. I want people to stop coming to me for, for answers to all their questions in life. I want that. And, and he's going on and on. And, and Costner's character has to pause him and says, no, what do you want? And he points in an opposite direction and James Earl Jones realizes that, oh, he's just asking what I want to order. Oh, dog and a beer, hot dog and a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like you gave me a James Earl Jones answer there. And I want you to give me a little bit more <laughs> practical answer. What are you going to do to help unlock this incredible vision you have for the restaurant industry from your vantage point? What will you and do in a practical way to help unlock the, that. the information more accessible. I'll make it, um, I'll change the, the culture of, uh, the idea that if you want to be successful in this industry, you don't hold your secrets close to your chest. You share them as much as possible. You make it mm. about sharing that knowledge. Um, and if we can change the values of the industry and make it about how, not how successful I can become, but how successful can I make other people? I think it will make the industry a much better place. Um, and you, you make other people successful by giving them your values, by giving them your knowledge, by giving them opportunity. And I think that's how I want to change the world. And not only do I want to change these values, but I'm also going to give you the information. So yeah. we're, we're, we're making it easier than ever to share knowledge, to learn from successful people. I want to categorize and archive all that knowledge in one spot. So you can come to restaurant unstoppable and search leadership. You can search marketing. You can search, uh, accounting. You can search legal. You can search anything that you can think of. And I'll do my best to organize past and future conversations. So you can easily access that information and to share that knowledge, not my knowledge, but the knowledge from those who have proven themselves successful and to by, by, by lowering that barrier. So everybody and anyone who's interested in making it in this industry has no excuse. So your goal is to to sort of take this collective wisdom that exists in bunch in the, in hundreds and thousands of, of, I don't know, restaurant owners, heads in their brains and, and make it searchable, make it available. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, that's pretty cool. Is that, where's that going to live? Wait, what's the plan for this? <laughs> I, I'm asking you a leading so, question. As you know, um, uh, Brandon is my <laughs> DOO, my, uh, my CMO. So he's trying to get me to promote uh, what, I, what we're working on right now. Am I getting that right, Brandon? Is that where you're headed? <laughs> well, I just, I'm just thinking in a practical way, you have a really cool vision for how you think the restaurant industry a very clear vision even for how the restaurant industry needs to evolve. And you want to play your part in that as I'm sure many others do, you know? Um, and I just, I thought it'd be worthwhile to kind yeah. of share behind the curtain. Yeah. Like I how know. you want to do your, how you want to do- 
so first I need to, to like thank Brandon for hanging in there and being such a sport because he's struggling with a cold right now and he's still making time to do this interview. So thank you, Brandon. You're doing great. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was in uh, Australia earlier this year, one of the many stops I made uh, traveling to get these interviews, I had the privilege of uh, connecting with Tipsy. Uh, they actually were the reason why I went down to Australia. They flew me out because mm-hmm. they want to meet me because of the, because of the work I'm doing. So yep. I said, sure, <laughs> I'll go to Australia if you, if you insist. So I went down there and it was incredible. And I'm still so grateful for them for this experience to this day. But when I was with them, um, they did a test on me. Uh, they had me take Ouch. one of the, you know, it didn't hurt that bad. It was That's one good. of those tests that, uh, you take to kind of figure out what your purpose is, what your role is. And I, I can't remember the exact name of the test I took. Uh, it's one of those Meyer Briggs. Is that one of the ones that they do? Yeah, that's uh, one of them out there. It wasn't that one, but it was something similar. Gotcha. And um, yep. basically, I, I took one of these tests when I was in high school, and I remember lying on it so bad because I wanted to become a commercial <laughs> pilot. And I was answering the questions as I thought a commercial pilot would answer them. And then um, I actually ended up like scoring in a way that a commercial pilot would have. So I, I knew what a commercial pilot should have been. I definitely wasn't that person at the time. I'm still not that person. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I took the test again. And this time I took it. Like I was so brutally honest with who I was answering it as like looking into a mirror like this. All right, I'm going to answer this question. Like it hurts for me to admit this. But yeah, that's exactly who I am. And like that's how I, I took this test. Like so brutally, honestly. Uh, like, And what came from it? What was, what was the re- result I, like, of that like, test? Like, flat out without a question, my role, my responsibility in life is a community builder. Hmm. That's how I scored a community builder. And it's so funny that I scored that because my entire life I thought about, even when I was in college and post-college, um, I was always bringing people together. Uh, you usually was over food or a party or whatever. Uh, but even like on the weekends, like I would be the person that was calling everybody, like, what are we doing? Like, let's put up, like, let's go someplace. Let's do something. And I think I'm responsible for like four marriages now. Like I'm always bringing people together. (laughs) Yeah. Like just, just bringing friends from different groups and just bringing people together for a cause, for a reason. I've always been doing it, but now the cause and the reason is much greater. And it's, it's really exciting to know that I'm made for this. Uh, and I don't know how we got here, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the question that I'm answering. Well, we're talking about we're talking about what the restaurant industry needs first of all. What you see, like it's still missing, and you talked a lot about values that are important that you think need to um, be re, I don't know, prioritized, um, being important to the industry, right? And then um, what I wanted to sort of hit the home stretch with is how will restaurant unstoppable change? How, yeah. how it, change may be a strong word, but how will it evolve? evolve. So, to meet the needs of what you so to, the answer uh, that first half of the exist, question right yeah the, what's that the answer to the first half of that question like yeah. what do i think the industry needs i think we need to be more open-minded than ever and i think that's something that i'm trying to be better about the more i learned the more i realized there's just so much information out there and we're not humanly capable i feel, think to, to manage all the information um when you think about the the information that's at our fingertips and all the things that we're supposed to be politically cor- like uh you know all the the politically correct things we're supposed to know and understand uh to to function in society it's overwhelming when you really think about all the things happening in the world that we're responsible to know um so i think it's really important that going into the future we're also more open minded uh that we we lose this us versus them mentality. It's the most toxic way of thinking like me versus them. It just, it's, it has to be us uh, going into the future. It has to be us. What are we going to do? And that's another thing. Like don't say who's going to do something about this, but know that if something's going to change, it's going to take all of us to do it. And we have to have that, that we mentality 
in uh, that that open mindedness to really before passing judgment, like say like, well, let me fully try to understand this. And if you don't yeah. fully understand it, do a Google search. Put, give yourself the information before you make a decision because there's no excuse and there's a time the world that we live in as as cultures start to like uh, smash into one another and as the world shrinks there's no more important time to be more open-minded than today so yeah. I think that's another so the second part of that question though was what are you going to do so in a concrete way and when you talked about how i'm going to try to be open-minded that, right so you want to <laughs> you want a physical well digital you want an actual destination to exist where people can feel that sense of community and you know expertise sharing that's what yeah I and i think um the the content i create uh up to this point has been very reactive. Um, the next interview, the next interview, the next interview, mm-hmm. the next interview, mm-hmm. um, just get the content, get the content, get the content. So we're going to dial back from three to two episodes a week. Uh, I, I'm hoping that that allows me to be more proactive and more intentional uh, with my content. Uh, instead of just saying, I need to get content. I can say, well, I've heard this piece of advice come up a bunch of times now. Well, is that true? Well, let's go find out. And then have the content be determining whether or not that piece of information is true or false, or maybe there's multiple angles. Um, so to really just not just to, to say, okay, this is good advice, but to dissect the advice. Uh, so find out, find out if it's true, find out if the truth is out there, like take a piece of, a, of advice and shop it around, so to speak a little bit to yeah. see if it, and if it uh, holds up, lean into my curiosity. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about a lot of things because of the, the influences I've had. And I want to test those curiosities. Do you, and, do you feel like people will notice a change with your interviews and um, maybe not so much who you bring on, but what you ask of them and how you challenge them? Yeah. You're, you're going to see maybe 50, 50, uh, my content, uh, may, or like maybe 75, 25, um, where 25 or 50% of the content, if, if well, I'm all over the place. If we do say 50, 50, 50% of the content <laughs> will be uh, content where I'm continuing to do what I've always done, where I go seek out successful restaurateurs and I get them to share their story and their knowledge. And the other 50% is going to be uh, deep dives where we yeah. pick one topic. Uh, so some examples of some recent con- content that I published with uh David Denny on uh, legal things you need to consider with partnerships and how to protect yourself legally in partnerships. Or I had um, Ben Gaddis on the show to talk about how can you prepare yourself for more takeout and delivery orders? What things can you do? What, what does your website need? What, do, what does your packaging going to look like? And just to, the, the, to see, identify real trends and not just identify the trends, but th- to make some actionable things. Okay, so here's the trend. What can you do about it? Uh, yeah. And to go deep and to really provide provide more value i have more confidence now what i know to be true now i want to try to prove my confidence yeah yeah so one of the things i've challenged eric with too um is how his um how his website for lack of a better term I mean, this, this is a podcast for most people it's this thing that only exists in another app you know your pod whatever how whatever app you use to listen to your podcasts um and that's how that's what people think of it that's what think of people think of restaurant unstoppable it's just the show that they listen to and I've challenged Eric a little to think in terms of a, um, a a web property, to think of it in terms of a community that he or a resource that he can open up to make available for people. But things would have to change about like your own website to do that. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh well, are you talking about the uh, like the catalog? Well, how you want how you want to collect and disseminate some of this information? Like, how do you want to make these values more apparent? How do you want to make um, the content more accessible for people that that want to consume it? So the, uh, the idea is to basically create like a membership area on the on the website where um, 
you can go to the website and you can uh, search whatever topic is interesting to you. Uh, and basically you can go through a catalog. One of the biggest pieces of requests that I get is I wish that this, you have like a best of episodes for this problem. And cause there's just so much content that it's so hard yeah. to go through it all. So I basically want to make it easier to, for you to pick and choose and do like an a la carte approach. Like, Oh, this is like uh, this. I want a little bit of this. or I want a little bit of that. Uh, so that's kind of what we're hoping I- to do. And did I just put you on the spot like prematurely? Like uh, I'm talking about this publicly. We didn't, I didn't clear this with you ahead of time. Should, should I have, <laughs> so should I have not asked you that question? This is what we want to do. And this is, um, right now I'm out here in Austin, Texas and I'm going hard <laughs> trying to record six, at least six interviews a week, uh, for the next couple months. So I can, uh, put myself in a position where I can just turn around and focus on solely building out this platform with the, the help of people like Brandon, uh, people who are better at this stuff than I am. Uh, maybe you're listening to this and you're one of those people who knows, uh, shoot me an email. I'm just wondering what people <laughs> think of that. Like I, I'm wondering what the restaurant industry thinks of having a resource where they can choose a topic and see what other restaurant industry I don't know, leaders or um, colleagues or whatever have had to say about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, what exactly are you trying to get this? No, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to lead you down a certain path, I'm just, I'm, but I'm actually wondering out loud now. And I know listeners are listening to this, maybe wondering where I'm going. Like I'm, I'm genuinely curious if the restaurant industry is excited about the idea of having like a resource where wisdom can be gleaned, you know, either in print form or, you know, in audio form, like your podcast or whatever. I think there, um, there's resources out there like restaurantowner.com and like the National yep. Restaurant Association and yep. uh, Restaurant Success, uh, the Restaurant Expert. Like, I mean, these are people that are friends of mine that have been on the show. Like, I have no problem promoting them. They're great resources. And it's, yep. uh, but there's no other resource that's doing it the way that I'm doing it. And I think that uh, the power of story, the, the power of audio, um, and then there's other restaurant podcasts out there. There's a few other people that are doing what I'm doing. Um, but I, I think that I have the biggest archive, uh, by far. So to be able to go through and category, category, uh, catalog that and to organize yeah. it and to make it super searchable, uh, I think can really, uh, yeah, I, I really do think it can transform the industry. Maybe I'm being big headed right now, but hey, dream, dream bigger, go home. Right. <laughs> So that's what's coming in 2019. Yeah. It's 2019. Well, we're working on it now. I mean, this is yeah. this is stuff that's in motion now. We're we're going through. Uh, we're you know, Brandon's much more uh, fluent in the world of uh, web design and marketing You're- than I am uh, in the world of podcasting. Uh, that's why he's here. And I think Brandon, you're overselling me. No, you're, 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 you're overselling me here. You're totally overselling <laughs> me here, but I'm just, so let's get off that. To a lot of the lessons I've learned though, though, surround yourself with people that are better at doing things than you are. And that's why Th- that's, that, that's, they say the true sign of a quote unquote, a player in whatever walk of life you're in is that you're willing to hire people who are better at something than you. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's kind of the goal is, is to, the most successful restaurant tours that I've come across um, recognize that they're not the best, but they, the one thing they might be the best at is seeing the greatness in others and recognizing yep. where other people belong and then helping them yep. be there. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think I've had anything more to that. Right. <laughs> where, where all have you been over the last year or so? Um, <laughs> as we wrap up here, I'm thinking about where you might, where people might find you, where you might be heading travel wise. So the next 
year or so. Where have you already been? Where have I been this year? Uh, this year yep, was a crazy year. year. This year was kind of a milestone year for me because I, I, it was always kind of my dream to be able to travel on site to make more impactful connections with my guests, uh, to see it, not just to talk about it. And in the past year, um, I've traveled to uh, Pittsburgh, um, Pennsylvania, Columbus, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, Cincinnati, uh, Lexington, Nashville, Thailand, Melbourne, Maine, Virginia, Washington, D.C., excuse me, Richmond, uh, Charlottesville, Birmingham, New Orleans, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Albuquerque, Dur- uh, Durango, Colorado, Olympia, Seattle, uh, Portland, Oregon, and then I spent some time back in Maine and uh, Boston before coming out here to Austin. So um, the last year of my life has been very just nonstop. It's been a little rough. I'll be honest. It's been a little rough. Uh, I love every yeah, moment yeah. of it, but uh, a life on the road, constantly going, um, being away from people that you love the most is uh, not easy. Yep. No. So what should people expect from you for next year? Uh, so one of the biggest lessons I learned this year, more is of that, the same. <laughs> well, yeah, more of the same, but you know, like we mentioned, um, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that it, it's all about the relationships. I think I put a lot of emphasis yep. on relationships today and it's not about the, the, the quantity of relationships, but it's about the quality of relationships. Yeah. And we, we know that by the, the 80, 20 rule, right? Uh, you know, 80% of your profit is going to come from 20% of your guests. So if you put that energy into that 20% into the, into reinforcing those relationships, I mean, you should put that same energy into all of your guests, but really you get the point that I'm trying to make. Um, I do. instead of trying to connect with as many people as possible and having a bunch of really shallow connections all throughout the industry. I want to go back to the people that resonated the most with me and get them back on the show and be like, Hey, like you were really strong with this. Like, let's go deeper there. Uh, and to maybe start doing some stages and to do an interview, but then say, Hey, can I hang out a couple nights after this and, uh, really see what we were talking about. And, uh, you can only handle about 150 relationships in your life. That's what they say. That's what the scientists say. We are Mm -hmm. programmed to manage about 150 relationships. So, Choose the people, you know, and it's, I think it's a matter of, of really letting in the, the relationships that are going to help you grow and uh, and that you're going to help grow uh, and being intentional with those, those relationships. And I think that's kind of like what I would like to do in 2019. And what I've had to learn is, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to this day. Like, so that the first I went on three trips this summer right, or this year, the yeah. first one, it was like, hey, I'm going to be in your neighborhood from, you know, the first of January or like the, the first of of March to the the 12th of March. And then I would tell the the next city, the the host that was going to be there, uh, Hey, like be ready for me on the 12th of March. So what I found was that I was rushing to get all this stuff done. And then by the time I started building momentum and and building a networking relationships, I would have to leave to go to the next city. So like I was cutting myself short. And then on the second trip out, I was like, all right, this time I'm not going to tell people when I'm leaving. I'm just going to stay as long as I need to. And I'm going to make that really clear before I get there. So like, you know, I was just like squatting and thank you for all the amazing people that have put up with me. Uh, just like living in tents in your backyard. Uh, you, you, I couldn't have done it without you. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and that's kind of why I did the second trip. This third trip, I'm like, all right, like I need to go live in a city for three months, uh, rent an apartment, short term lease, or find somebody who has a spare room and just like stay there and ring out every lead possible and leave when I feel like the job's done. And that's kind of where I'm at now. 
So 2019, That's pretty cool. yeah, That's pretty cool. 2019, uh, same, more of the same, uh, going to one geographic and staying until I find out exactly who's who and getting the, the most out of that community. Uh, so I'll probably do like three, uh, trips where I'll get my content, um, spend maybe four months or five months on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spend the other time, uh, back home, um, pushing out that content and doing more deep dive stuff. It's a pretty breathtaking. That's a pretty breathtaking journey. I mean, over the next year, honestly, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was fun. I mean, no, I'm saying ahead. You're saying it was, you started to say it was <laughs> like, I'm saying the future sounds daunting. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'm just going to be, uh, the happy, uh, optimistic, Eric Cacciatore, I've always been to see you. See where we well, I will do my best. I will do my best to keep you sane, and I will call upon your uh, loyal listeners to help me help you keep you sane. Well, on that note, um, I want my listeners to know that I could not have done what I've done without the support, uh, not just with the downloads, but the, uh, the the moral support of taking the time to shoot me those emails to say that I'm making a difference to to write the the reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Although I don't think Stitcher Radio, you're the podcast guy. I mean, I have a podcast, but you're the knowledgeable <laughs> podcast guy. What's up with Stitcher Radio? Is I even the, should, I, should I stop like promoting that at the end of each episode? Like, what's going on there? It's a thing. It's a thing. I, I don't know that you get a whole lot of bump from promoting that, and I can't believe I just said that, knowing the Stitcher people could potentially hear it, but um. I don't know. There's any value for for you there. If your listeners have a favorite podcast app to li- they listen to other shows in, listen to Restaurant Unstoppable there because you'll find Restaurant Unstoppable through any podcast catch so, catcher could, or podcast whatever you want to call those podcast yeah, apps, listening apps. I mean the big ones: iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify. Yep. I don't know if I'm on You're, Pandora yet. I, I did everything you told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet, but they're like manually accepting podcasts there for right now. All right, cool. Um, awesome. So yeah. Well, my friend, I feel like we've come to the end of the road. You, this was a uh, great time to do this on uh, as a new as year is ending and a new year is beginning. You're looking back, you're looking ahead to the next five years. And um, I'm looking forward to partnering with you on this. I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, just so grateful to have you on the team and uh, to uh, be living proof that if you just keep showing up and working hard and staying true to your vision and existing to serve others. Good things happens. You're the only person I would do this for my friend. <laughs> only person. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, it. you're not going to cry. Are you <laughs> <laughs> getting choked up? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm used to being the one that uh, ends it, but you're the host this time. Are we, are we could, are we calling it? You're going to say goodbye. I guess we should. I mean, I don't have my signature sign off that I'm going to give to for everybody here. Okay. I have one. Uh, Brandon, it. it was a blast, man. Thank you so much <laughs> for uh, joining me to sh- help me share my story, to help me share my vision, to help me share what I learned over these past five years and going in what we hope to do in the next year. Uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable and that you're going to help make restaurant unstoppable, even more unstoppable. Uh, more. Yeah, we're going to be unstoppable, <laughs> unstoppable, unstoppable. I think that's what we're going to be. I think we're starting to lose people. We should probably shut up. (laughs) Thanks for letting me join you, my friend. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. All right. So there's my uh, five year kind of summary reflection on the past five years, what it's been like, some of the the key lessons I've learned and uh, what the future of restaurant unstoppable looks like. And I'll be honest, 
it's weird talking about the future because I know as soon as I say what I want to do, I'm going to have to do it. And, you know, I don't just go around willy nilly just saying I want to do things. Uh, I take what I say seriously. I mean, that's that's what integrity is, is doing what you say you're going to do. Uh, and I want to be better about following through in actually delivering on what I say I'm going to do. So I have a bunch of things I want to do. I'll be honest. We didn't share all of them here today because I don't honestly know how realistic all the things I want to do are. Uh, but I do know that we can start with taking what I have, uh, all the past episodes, the archived episodes, and making them more accessible to go through and to, to absorb. And that's definitely going to be one of the big goals for 2019. And the other variable there is also just starting to... Uh, identify weak spots in my content areas I can get more information on and to be more intentional and to really uh, go after information that I want, not just be open receiving any information that's coming at me. So that for sure I can say, and a whole bunch of other things that uh, I would love to do in the future, but maybe we'll save that for the 2020 new year episode. Uh, Stand by for that. It's only a year away. Uh, all right, so I guess that's it for today. Like always, guys, please reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Uh, I, I want you to be a part of this new vision. I don't want to do this by myself anymore. I want this to be a community, and I want to serve you. And the best way I can serve you is by you telling me where the pain is, where the challenges are. And I'll do my best to get somebody on the show where we can learn together. Uh, and I do listen. Uh, so... Don't just think I'm blowing steam out there. Like I will listen to your requests. I'm paying attention. And then sign up for my email list. Uh, once a week, I kind of give a summary of what happened the week before. I uh, give you a glimpse into my mind, uh, some of the, the projects I'm working on, some of the things I want to try to do. And it's a dialogue. It's a two-way communication. I, I blast that out to my email list. A lot of people write back to me, and I and I, I pay attention to, the, to those emails too. So point being is I'm paying attention. I want, I want to grow this community, and I, I want to make it uh, start this year, 2019, where we really focus on pulling people together and taking this thing to the next level. So be a part of it. That's all for now. Thanks for sticking around this long. Happy New Year. Wishing you the best 2019. Until next time, peace out.